Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to Evolving Digital Self. How did you get involved in science in the first place and wanting to do a science podcast? Yeah, sure. So I studied biomedical science and law at uni in Australia. And I actually wasn't that into science for a really long time. I studied it because, I don't know, I wanted to go to university and I didn't know what to do. And I thought maybe something about curing cancer seemed like a good idea. And for a long time, in college, I, I just didn't really get science. I was like rote learning it. I, was, I wanted to be a good student, but I, I didn't really get it. And then I always had it in my head that maybe I could be a journalist, but it felt like a very pie in the sky idea. But basically throughout university, I, I started pitching science stories to, to newspapers and, and scientific discoveries. And I started writing about science and it was through that process that I realized how cool science was and how many stories there were that felt like they were not told. Just the, the idea of discovering something is so awesome and that, you know, a scientist will be in a lab on their own and they may see something for the, for the very first time. It's just, just, so, just so many cool moments and they happen. I mean, it could be the tiniest thing that they're seeing for the very first time, but it's still for the very first time. And that's happening in labs all across the world. And so, so I just really kind of fell in love with that idea and fell in love with the idea of science journalism. And so when I graduated, I, I gave myself a year to try and crack this industry that's quite small in Australia. And by the end of the year, I had a job at New Scientist magazine and I was their Asia Pacific correspondent, which was really exciting. From there, I moved to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and was kind of bouncing around different areas. And, you know, it was, it, it's a time and media still is a time where you never know what's going to be in. Like it's clear print is having a bit of trouble, but, you know, there was a time when they said radio and audio was going to go out the door and look at us now. So I was very much just trying to get as much experience in as many different medias as possible. So doing stuff on TV, doing stuff on radio. And through that, kind of became known as someone that could talk about science and was passionate about it. And then when the Australian Broadcasting Corporation wanted to get into podcasting about, I guess, six years ago now, they knew that the Australian audience liked science and science podcasts. The few podcasts that were around the ones of science did very well. So they were like, let's get in on this. Let's cash in. Oh, there's this person called Wendy who does a bit of radio, knows her science. What's she got? What can she offer us? And I was asked to pitch something. And it, it just so happened that around the same time that I was asked to pitch, Gwyneth Paltrow had this sort of mad suggestion that women should steam clean their vaginas. And I just thought that's so ridiculous. And the, the hot takes it spawned and the should women? Well, blah, blah, blah. So I just pitched Science versus Gwyneth Paltrow, basically. <laughs> and the idea was to use humor and the joy of science to really tackle things that we care about. It got picked up at the ABC. I made a first series there. It was, um, it did really well. 
through that, Gimlet Media heard it, which was unbelievable and beyond my wildest dreams. Before I knew it, I was on a plane to New York City and, you know, five years later, we're making season 10 now. So it's that's the long and short of it. Well, I love it. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I'm always... As you know, as the category director for science for a podcast magazine, I'm always looking for women to highlight in STEM. And it's really hard to find women in science who are, you know, make science approachable. And I think that's really the thing with podcasting is it's an opportunity to get it much more in the hands of not just scientists, but people that are curious about things. And I love your approach and the way that you present material it's very attainable, even for the non-scientist, but it covers some of the deeper issues. And it, so it's been really fun sort of doing the research, listening to a bunch of your episodes, because you make it fun, like you're, like you're saying, and, you know, you pick cool topics, but you also make it very fun. And, you know, there's silly moments and whatever. And I mean, some of the science podcasts are seriously bad. It feels like homework. It feels like homework. <laughs> and we never wanted to make science versus feel like homework. I mean, the best compliment anyone can can ever give me about the show is someone who says like, I don't like science. I didn't think I liked science, but then I listened to science versus and I love it. And, you know, I almost regret putting the word science in the title of the show because I do think it's a, it's a little bit of a hurdle for some people. But thank you so much for, for saying that, that it's fun. We, we really, the, the whole team tries very hard to, to keep it fun. And, and so that's, that's great. I love that. And you, so you're coming into your 10th season. What are some of your favorite episodes that you've done or favorite interviews that you've done? I mean, that's a lot of years for, I mean, in terms of a podcast, like most people have, you know, I mean, my show's on like its fourth season and people are like, wow, you've had it forever. I'm like, fourth season's nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I definitely did not think when I started this in Australia that I would be on, you know, my, the, the, the 10th season of the show. I, I mean, we've done more than a hundred topics, which I... I seriously, I didn't think there was that much to mine because, you know, at the beginning there's, there's the, you know, once you do climate change and vaccines and, you know, all the, the obvious ones, it's been really actually fun to kind of grow the show and see what else there is. And I, I, I guess just every year just mints us these new topics that I would have never thought we would cover. Think something like 5G, for example. I mean, that we covered that, I guess it was not last, last year was pandemic year, but the, the year before. And, you know, at the time there was a lot of misinformation about that. It just kind of came out of nowhere. We did that topic because our listeners were like, what is going on with 5G? And that, that ended up being, I, I really loved that episode in the end. And, and so that's, that's a topic CBD just like came out of nowhere. All of a sudden it was in all of our lattes and I didn't know why. And so tackling that was super interesting. So it, it's, it's just been a journey like it's and, and growing it. I'm working on an episode now on, on snake anti-venom. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, I mean, amidst all this like horror and madness of living in New York in the middle of a pandemic, it is a delight to just be talking about how cool snakes are and their venom. What's your favorite thing about being a podcaster? I think my favorite thing is being a science journalist, actually. I mean, I, I do love audio and I can say nice things about it. it it's, it's very intimate. I love that we have this amazing team of, of six people and it, and it just takes us to make the show. You know, whereas if, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of experience of television and it's, 
it's such a big production and there's this, you know, when you're interviewing someone, you've got to get the, the lighting right first and you've got to talk, you know, talk show, how's the weather been and blah, 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 before you like dive in on what you actually need to know. There's, that spontaneity is so difficult to get, whereas in radio, both making it and listening to it, it it's so much more intimate. You, you really just like get on nowadays, get on Zoom with someone as we're talking now and you just start talking about, you know, what, you know, you just get into it. And, and, and I, I love that. I love just, you never know who's, who's going to pick up the phone, what their personal story is going to be. And, and, and so I, I love that. But, but my favorite thing about my job is without a doubt, the fact that we're exploring science and science journalism and that, and that it is about new things that I, I learned you things every day. I re- I really do. And so it's it's fun. I love that. I, I mean, I'm totally with you on like just being a knowledge junkie. It's like you get to learn so much and dig into really deep details on science or whatever it is. You know, it's clear and very, it comes through so much in your voice when you're speaking about it, your passion for it. And that's really, uh, I think that's part of what makes your show really fun to listen to. It's not like this droning of here's your list of questions and you know, this is what you're going to say next. And oh, wait, you're, you're deterring from the script. It doesn't feel scripted and yet it feels thorough. So it's, it's pretty cool. So you're coming into the 10th season. You said you've got some things coming up that are, you know, that are really cool. What's your sort of, you guys do sort of seasons. Is it annual seasons or do you have sort of a certain amount of episodes per season? Has that evolved since you started doing the show? I mean, I know you guys you're working under Gimlet and previously you were with Australian Broadcasting. So it's maybe a little less fluid because it wasn't just, you know, you're sitting in your home doing your podcast. No, from, from the beginning, we've been doing two seasons a year and there are about 12 episodes. I think in the way that the, the show has changed is from say the jump to, from the ABC to Gimlet Media was a was a big change in that I suddenly had all these resources that I, I didn't have because at the ABC, it was a really small operation. It was kind of an experimental thing for them at the time. And whereas at, at Gimlet, there was already this engine. And even though it was funny at the start because I really joined Gimlet in its early days, but the engine was still there. And so I was able to have like a couple of producers. I had a dedicated editor, a dedicated sound engineer, you know, all these resources. That, that just wasn't possible at, at, a, at a public broadcaster at the time. So that was really exciting. And then that came with a bunch of challenges as well of like, well, now we, we have the, the possibility of, make, of, of turning the show into something much richer. What do we do? You know, because back at the ABC, I, I wasn't really interviewing too many sort of intricate characters. It was a, it was a, the episodes were shorter, but now we had the opportunity to go travel to places. So for the immigration episode, you know, we, we went to a farm in Alabama to, to, to talk to a farmer about, you know, what it's meant for him because the, the law had changed there and made it hard for um, certain immigrants to get into Alabama. And so to, to really talk to him about what that meant for his farm, you know, th- that kind of travel wasn't possible. So that sort of changed the, the sound of the show as well. And, you know, we got to visit a, a nuclear power plant for nuclear power. That was great. But in terms of the, the numbers of episodes, it's been about 24 a year for the last five years. Uh, that's a, a sort of a perfect number. I made the mistake of doing weekly, or I wouldn't say made the mistake of, but 
fortunately, I end up doing things in you know my recordings in batches, so I, that allows me to have the flexibility. But I think it's really interesting talking to someone who is working under an organization like Gimlet, which sounds like they're doing an amazing job supporting you and enabling you to really you know produce the best material possible. Do you do your own research on where, um, what kind of episodes coming up next or how much is that done as a team and what kinds of things would you like to see coming up in the next year that maybe you hadn't thought of yet? Well, it's it's very much a, a team exercise. So we just finished our, our pitching for this season coming up and we, we kind of have a rule on the show that if you're producing an episode, you have to like it. So we're, we're never going to tell you like, you must produce this because as a producer on the show, you're really spending, you know, in some cases, two months, three months researching a topic. And if you're not really passionate about it, that's really sucky to come into work. You know, we, we want our, our producers to, to love what they're doing. And so it's very much up to them to bring the topics and then we pitch it. We talk about it as a team, see if it gets over the line. And I'm the same in that I have my episodes that are like my baby episodes and I pitch them. And sometimes even though I'm the host, I try to sell it to the team. And there's times where they're like, I'm sorry, Wendy, that's just not that interesting. And it's great because it makes the show better. I mean, if it was just like called Wendy versus, it would not be as good a show as it is. It is what it is because we have this sort of brilliant team of passionate science journalists. Yeah, it's, it's very much the, the show that people hear is very much a, a team effort. Has there been any particular episodes that stand out to you that were sort of a surprise? Maybe you didn't anticipate that they were going to be awesome or maybe the other way around, but, but more that, you know, are there episodes that stand out to you as like your favorites or a surprising episode? That's a good question. Last season, I really, really liked our producer Rose Rimler led an episode called The Hunt for an Invisible Killer. And it was about it was about finding the 1918 flu virus, like the actual strain of the virus. And it's this incredible adventure story. And she found the scientist at the center of it. And and just what a, you know, he's he's, you know, in his 90s now. And and it just, it just turned out, it just, you know, it was just a really great episode, really great adventure story and and a, an explanation of kind of the craziness that science can bring. So I, I really love that. We also did orgasms last season and that was a lot of fun. You know, that was like really heady in the middle of the pandemic. And it was just this, it was just good fun to get into. I mean, there are some serious, you know, questions in there. Of, you know, the question we were tackling is why do some people struggle to orgasm basically? And, and that's a really important question. For sure. And so it was really fun to tackle it in a way that wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, you know, we had a laugh, but it wasn't too giggly. We, we tried to break down taboos about it. And then just the characters were just hilarious. I mean, the way science studies orgasm, as you can imagine, is, is just, it's just, it's very delightful. And the, the researchers who are, who are passionate about it are, are wonderful and know that, no, it's a little cheeky. So they, they have fun with it. So that was the, those two episodes, I think from last season really were really fun. That's funny that, I mean, I have my dissertation, part of the research, I used wearable vibrators for remote stimulation for people with hormone-related depression. And of course, whenever I present information about my dissertation, which is about wearable technologies, the only thing that they remember from the presentation was the fact that we used a vibrator as one of the devices. (laughs) God. It's memorable. It's fun, but it is science. It's it it's is cool. Absolutely, stuff. it's a huge part of people's lives, and you know, 
for those who aren't essential workers, you know, orgasming is, is one of the only things we got right now, you know, in this <laughs> pandemic. So it was also quite timely. That's awesome. I know you've got a hard stop in five minutes. Is there anything in particular that you would like, you know, the listeners or the readers to to know about science verses or about Wendy Zuckerman that stands out that we haven't covered? I suppose I, I think it's been interesting to see since Science Versus started, so six years ago, the change of the landscape around quote unquote fake news. You know, when was six years ago it was it was before Trump and this idea of fake news was, but it was still starting this, this sort of questioning of what is truth and who's an expert. We really started to see that. And I think now that's (laughs) work from home. I love it. And I, I think now it's like this idea of who should have knowledge and like who is an expert is is just like even more important and explaining people, explaining to people how science works and how it can help their lives and that it's not necessarily, you know, stagnant. I think people have learned that through this pandemic as we've had knowledge changing and evolving. And so I think it's just like even more important now that more people get into science journalism, listen to science journalism. That's like, I think. Yeah, no, awesome. I love it. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And the, and the fact that, I mean, I just, like I said before, I love being able to highlight more women in STEM and the way that they're getting involved and making it fun and attainable. I mean, I've got a daughter who's 18 and I'm like, she wants to study environmental policy and science. And I'm like, go for it. It's awesome. And I think a lot of kids, particularly young girls, are really seeing the opportunity to make science fun. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing because I think that your passion for science journalism, but also your the way that you make it so accessible is really it's wonderful. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Yeah, it's very uh, cool. Thank it was you. Really thanks. nice meeting you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All right. Take bye. care. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the evolving digital self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.